right, let's go. Let's go is back on the air. Here we go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald. Let's go is brought to you by Delta Airlines. Delta believes the pursuit of perfection is a never-ending journey. And every day provides new opportunities to keep climbing towards that let's go moment. Visit Delta.com to book today. Tommy, what's happening? We got a very special guest. What's so special about him? Oh, we love him. America loves him. <laughs> what's he so might special be, about him? He, he makes you who you are. That's what's so special about him. He might be he might be my most special child in my life, who's maybe a little older than a child, but my oldest son. Actually, maybe I have a few of those. Robbie G squares falls squarely in the middle and i love having him on with us and uh, there's nobody that could bring more life and energy to a party or any situation than robbie g so i um love having him on i always love being with him and so happy he's killing it on fox and just transitioned to an incredible businessman entrepreneur media talent amongst many other things and the greatest tight end of all time so my man robbie g Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it, man. And we can't wait to have you over here at Fox. I got to watch all the games in the green room and during the intermissions and everything during halftime while the game's going on. I'm going to be watching you. I'm going to be critiquing you. Oh, and no. Your skills commentating. And I'm going to go on the post game and I'm just going to, you know, ridicule you all. This is what Tom <laughs> said. I'm not sure if he's right or if he's hit it spot on. Like, this is what Tom says. I got to agree with you. So you're going to have a lot of critiques out there, Tom. So you better be preparing. I love it. <laughs> Finally, the shoe is on the other foot for you. I was always the one critiquing you. Now, tables turn and my man Robbie G is going to come at me strong. And you know what? You got a good following. So actually, be kind of nice. I'm new to this. You've had a little advantage head start on me. I'm a rookie going in. You're like a three-year vet at this point. So take it easy on me. All right, I will. I'll give you a Thank couple you. games first. I'll give you a couple games. Thank you. So, Robbie G, this is what I was thinking. You know, on, on one of the shows the other day, they were, you know, we made a comment about, you know, te me texting you. And this isn't actually a question, but I just want to open and reminisce how badass we actually were on the field. Uh, did anyone do it like us? Because I don't think many did. No one did it like us, man. We scored all over the place as well. I, I feel like we were the first quarterback tight end combo to score, like in line, scoring blitz zero plays, put me all the way out wide, three by one set where I'm I'm on the one set all the way out by myself, throwing fade routes, throwing stop routes, throwing return routes, throwing slant routes. We scored all over the place. No one else has ever done that before, my man. I you know. know. That's what made us special, that's for sure. Robbie G had the route tree of a receiver, which is really hard for a guy who's six foot six, 265 pounds to run full speed and stop to run full speed and make cuts like a receiver could is unbelievable. And Robbie G was amazing for a lot of reasons. Probably one of the most underrated things he did, which I don't think was underrated. He's the greatest blocking tight end to ever play. He manhandled guys that were bigger than him and he outran guys that were smaller than him. So he was at, a matchup nightmare and uh not only that but he always cared about the team always had a positive energy and spirit so he had incredible production as a player but then in the locker room everything was amplified by his personality by his positivity and it really created a winning culture and environment so many too many times in these losing organizations you have so many people that bring the culture down they're always looking at the negative they're always looking at things that didn't go right or waiting for something bad to turn. When you have someone like Robbie G on your team, it's always positive. And he's always looking for the great things. You always bring in a lighthearted attitude. So it's actually important for everybody out there in any business, find that positivity because it can amplify 
what you're trying to do and give people hope and give people excitement and energy. And he always did that from day one. So why did you like to block? Most of these guys, you know, they don't want to do that. They want to catch the ball. They want to spike it. They want to do, you know, all the glory. Why did, why did you like to block? I mean, it was just engraved in me, man. It was just my mentality. I mean, I was a football player first. I was never a guy when I first started playing football in high school to earn my stripes receiving the ball. I always earned my stripes from my teammates because everyone was always older than me. So I didn't really have the skill set. I did have the skill set to, you know, make plays in the catching game, but I always had the skill set always in my mindsets and skill set to make big blocks and take on whoever's in front of me and get the respect of my teammates. I've always played up in my life. So I always knew if I, if these, guys that are two years older than me in high school these guys that are two years older than me in middle school or whatever my brother's friends if i they if i want them to respect me i knew i had to come out and punch them in the face right from the beginning so that mentality has just been installing me from the beginning as well and i feel like in new england I got a lot of respect right away from my teammates, from the offense alignment, from the defense as well, because I wasn't catching passes right away. But I was going out there and I was willing to lay my body out on the line. I remember Coach Balachek after the second preseason game, he put me up in front of the whole team and he said, this is the toughness that I'd like to see from a rookie. And I had like five dominating blocks versus the reigning Super Bowl champions, New Orleans Saints at the time in the preseason game. And I was just a rookie and I had zero catches that game. And he was putting me up on the board uh, for maybe that was maybe my only time up on the board actually for <laughs> something positive <laughs> but but I just always loved the block man it was always more satisfying to me to have a massive block than just scoring a touchdown in the past game so man I just love doing it and it just feels good to dominate someone as well in line as well in the trenches so Robbie G, he's talking about the early preseason. He actually made a comment earlier this, well, maybe a month ago, where he said he really tried to befriend the backup quarterback because you know, he wanted to get past the throw. And then Tom, in his first preseason game, didn't even know my name, which is complete bullshit. So why is my boy Robbie G out here on national TV telling a bunch of you know white little lies? You know, that's just not – anyway. All right. I did know his name, and he was a beast from that game, and I threw him a little – a little five-yard hook route, and he caught it and dragged an all-pro linebacker into the end zone, and we knew we had a beast on our hands. All right, all right, all right. When you get the TV, you're gonna you're gonna switch it up a little bit, Tom. You got to make the story sound better than it is. It sounded better saying you didn't even know who I was still in the, from in the first preseason game when I was a rookie, and only Brian Hoyer knew my name. The only quarter, other quarterback on the roster. It just sounded good. I knew exactly. I knew exactly that you knew who I was, but. I didn't catch, like I said, I didn't catch any passes the first preseason game. And then the second preseason game, I didn't, I, I had a catch from you, I think. It was five yards. It was a five-yard hook route versus Atlanta. But Brian Hoyer came in then and threw me that touchdown up the seam. <laughs> and then it was the third preseason game where he threw me right. that out. And I dragged Laurinaitis, who his dad is a WWE champion. So I knew he was on me. So I was like, oh, if I can drag this guy, I can be a WWE champion as well. So I dragged him. And then you also hit me on a post too high. I think it was cover five or cover two. And yeah. I got laid out, but I made the catch. So that's when I knew I was about to take over, baby. And then I struggled a little bit with the plays at the beginning of my rookie year. But never. That was my, that was my breakout game was the third preseason, preseason game when you hooked me up, brother. Jim Gray with Tom Brady. Our special guest is the great Rob Gronkowski. Let's Go is brought to you by Del Frisco's. From tender grilled steaks to decadent desserts to an impeccable wine list. Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse will surpass your expectations by treating you to an extraordinary dining experience. Visit delfriscos.com to make your reservations. 
you know, everybody relates to you guys because of the Patriots. I'm just wondering how important the Tampa Bay portion of your career was to both of you. Go ahead, Robbie G. Oh, man, I was going to let you go first on this one. But, uh, I mean, it was, a, it was definitely an important part of our life. Um, in my life, that's for sure. I mean, I'm going to let Tom speak for himself. But uh, just overall, just to go down there, experience a new culture. I mean, the NFL is fun. I mean, you all, it's like going to college. And you, you kind of you love the college you're at, but you're like, man, what would it be like to be at Alabama? What would it be like to go to, like, to an LSU? Or what would it be like to be – you know, in my hometown to be in the Mac at the University of Buffalo. So when you have an opportunity like that, it was kind of cool to discover the other side of the NFL to see what it was like in another organization. I mean, I'll hands down never, ever change or want to change my first nine years in the NFL. Super thankful for being in New England. And I wouldn't change a thing if I had to go back. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But in my time of my life, just going down in uh, Tampa, I think it was a perfect fit for myself where I was in my career, uh, what age I was in my career, the location as well in Tampa with my mom being down the street in Fort Myers right there, right off the highway. Um, I love the sun, love the beaches as well. And just overall going down there and winning too. I just feel like it solidified, you know, my career as well. Solidified, you know, especially winning a championship, winning a Super Bowl. Solidified my happiness that I was you know, what, what's the word, like, content with my career, you know, happy with my career. Like, I don't have to look back at all. Like, man, I wish I went to another team, tried it out, saw what it was like. I wish I won another championship. I wish I won that championship. I'm super content with everything that has happened with my career, all going to, all because of going to Tampa and experience a different culture and winning a championship as well. Yeah, it was a great way to see and learn lots of different ways to do things. And I think, you know, for a long time as a free agent, I got to choose which teammates I wanted to join rather than you're on a team and the coach is always choosing who joins your locker room. You know, I got a chance to really look around and say, what locker room do I want to join? And when I chose Tampa, you know, I didn't know that Robbie G was going to come out of retirement. I, you know, yeah, of course I was hopeful, but there was no certainty about it. You know, he was retired for a year and then I called him and he's like, Tampa, huh? And, you know, we just, we went down there and we had so much fun. It was COVID. We all had a chance to get to know each other. All of our teammates were so excited. We were excited. There was so much positivity and, and it was like a new, it was a breath of fresh air for all of us, you know? And I think to go to a totally different environment, to go to the NFC, different than the Patriots and AFC, to go to the South division, just different from, you know, the East where we played in, in, in the Patriots, to play in warm weather, as opposed to cold weather to as the season went on, the weather got better, you know, in new England, it was quite the opposite. And, and as the, as the season went on, it got worse. So there are so many little things that were so different. And I think to be accepted by that organization really meant the world to me too. You know, obviously I was accepted so much by the Patriots fans and the, the team and the organization. And then, you know, when I left there to go to another place and see the way that we were welcome to see the way that we were welcomed was was awesome. And the only thing I want to do is give back to them. And I thought we rewarded that organization with a championship through a lot of hard work by our teammates. And we celebrated like no other, that boat parade will go down in history as one of the great parades of all time and throwing the trophy across being egged on by my friends who maybe were overserved prior to the parade was uh, from what I remember that day, it was pretty epic. <laughs> All right. Overserved. That's the perfect opening right here. Let's go. It's brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. 
Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Pick it up, Gronk. Go ahead. Yes, I got a question. I was actually talking to the producer of one of the Fox shows yesterday. First off, we were debating if you were actually drunk or tipsy at the boat parade. And I'm still wondering <laughs> that. I, I feel like you kind of had like two drinks and you haven't drank in a couple of years. So the two drinks compared to someone else would still be dead sober and very capable. You had two drinks and you're like, oh, I'm feeling it. You know, when you, it's uh, your first time drinking in so long. So how tipsy were you really when you threw that trophy? I was definitely inebriated because had I not been there, I don't think I would have taken the chance and realizing that that thing would have fell like 90 feet to the bottom of the bay would have been a disaster for me. So if I look back and that literally the edge of that trophy could have clipped somebody, which would have been another disaster. It landed perfectly. My man, Huddy and Cam caught it. And thank God. I mean, it's like when you swung and hit the trophy with the ball. It was like you didn't really think it was going to be dented. And then it was dented and they left the dent in. That's a good point. They would have left the trophy at the bottom of the ocean, and then they would have had tours down there. You put the whole scuba yeah. diving gear on with the gla- ga- with the goggles, and then you'd be jumping down 90 feet, pouring the Lombardi trophy. That's $1,000 a tour. <laughs> My inhibitions were lowered, and that's what made it seem like nothing was a bad idea that day. And that throwing the trophy was a very bad idea, but it seemed like, man, a really great idea at the time. It was a great idea, and I'm I'm still glad you did it to this day. Me too. We're with Rob Gronkowski here on Let's Go. Tom Brady, Jim Gray, Larry Fitzgerald coming up. Our show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Don't miss K's big holiday sale now through December 17th. Savings this big won't last long. Exclusions do apply. Visit K.com for details. Much more with Gronk so- and Tommy when we return right here on Sirius XM. I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman, and we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. If you're listening to Tom Brady's podcast and you're thinking, I wish I knew more about the last active athlete to be drafted by the Montreal Expos, then boy, do we have a baseball podcast for you. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're talking about Tom Brady. No, mostly we're talking about baseball, and you should join us and download Baseball Barbacast on the SXM app, available with all of our trials and popular plans, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Let's go! Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady. Our program is brought to you by American Express. You know, it's easy to get excited about going to a game. You love hearing the sound of the whistle, smelling the game day concessions all the way from your seat. It's the stuff that reminds you of the thrill of the game. And you know that Amex will be with you every step of the way because when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Fire away, Tommy. You had something before the break. Yeah, no, we had CJ Stroud on a few weeks ago, and he's a great kid, and he's got a great story, and he unfortunately got knocked out of the game last week, but he said that he loved seeing a TikTok of you where you got your, when you were playing at Tampa, and you got your incentive hit by catching that pass in the fourth quarter of the game. So tell everyone what happened, you know, when you sitting there on the sideline, and then kind of the game was winding down, and you needed one more catch. Did somebody come in over and tell you and let you know that? Yo, yes, yes. Actually, uh, Jason Light came over. Uh, Mike no. Greenberg came over as well. And also, I knew in back of my mind I needed <laughs> one more catch as well. But actually, my good my good buddy just sent me that clip this morning. He goes, best quote of all time. And I clicked on it. Yeah. And it was 
exactly that play. But I remember I needed one more catch to hit a million dollar incentive, or it was a half million dollar. It was a million. It was one of those, which is a lot of money, <laughs> and, uh, for sure. Whatever, so, half uh, million, million. Fuck it, I paid thirty five dollars for a smoothie. Whatever, a milli. It was a milli. <laughs> exactly. I'm a big time now. All right, I'm a big time. But uh, also, I love By- Byron Leftwich as well. He was our offensive coordinator. He's like, hey, whenever we can get you guys the money, we're going to give you every chance possible to get you the money. That's what you leave with in the from the NFL is the money. You know, you can't make that up once you're gone. So I, he knew that I needed one more catch as well. He called a slant play for me to come over, motion over, uh, just to the other side of the ball so I already have some momentum, and then boom, just hit me on the slant. Very easy completion. And actually – if we go back to it, I actually shaved on the plate because I was so excited to get it. I actually <laughs> leaned forward like a tiny bit, but I feel like the refs didn't call it. I remember we that. By, we were already up by 30, so they were like, okay, we're not going to waste anyone time here, anyone's time here and, and just throw a flag and make this game go longer than you know it necessarily needs to go. So they let it go, caught the ball, made, the, made like a guy miss, broke a tackle, got pushed out of bounds. It was for like 10 yards, went to the sideline, told everyone – you know, that dinner's I, on I, me. We going to Sizzler. We're going yeah. to Sizzler. <laughs> yeah. We're, and then I brought everyone out. Tom, you you were invited, but you didn't make it to the dinner. I brought everyone out and I paid for everyone's dinner. I had like a $12,000 tab and I brought bought like 15 guys on our team dinner for uh, for that play. Wow. So thank you for that pass, Tom. Welcome, it's interesting you bring you bring up a flag off sides. Brings up an interesting circumstance, doesn't it? About a flag off sides yesterday. Wow. Well, it wasn't offsides. Mine was more like shaving, and also we were up 30. No one wanted to be there anymore. The rest <laughs> the didn't want to be there. The fans didn't want to be there. He, I swear he would have called it if it was like a five-point game because I am I think he saw it, and uh, even the other teammates, the, the guy that, that was covering me saw it as well, and he was complaining a little bit. It was like, bro, there's two minutes left, and we're up by 30. Like, So that's why that one didn't call get called. But the one last night, I mean, he was off size, I think. I mean, he was off size by like a foot. So yeah. I, I know that's what you're referring to. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ravi G, I got a super serious question. And, um, you know, we were in a lot of locker rooms together. So if you were stranded on a desert island with any of your former teammates, who would you want it to be and why? And obviously you can't pick me. Well, how many, how many players do I get to pick? You get three. Your top three. All right, all right. I get three. I mean, all right. I'm gonna go with Julian first because Julian is the dog. He would be in that. He would be in that ocean grabbing some fish. You know, starting a bonfire. That's for sure. Uh, another one would be Amendola. He kind of has the same mentality. He would be fighting animals so we could be fed every single day. I mean, he did that TV show, that Survivor yeah. TV type show that was on Fox as well. I forgot the name of it. And uh, where you're stranded on an island with like ten other people, and he absolutely dominated. So he would go all out for you as well. And then, oh, one more guy I would bring because he loves nature. Um, absolute beast too. Big guy is Matt Light. Wow. Definitely Matt Light. Former teammate. Played for him for about two years. He blocked for you for like 10 years, Tom. But Matt Light, absolute savage in the nature. He would know what to do. He would have signals if a helicopter came by to, to you know, round up that helicopter and bring it down. So uh, those are the three guys I would bring. And uh, I think we would survive and we would have a good time as well. That's for sure. <laughs> you wouldn't have any problem getting food. You got three guys who would know how to get it done. You might just be chilling on the beach, just getting a little suntan, doing a yes, little, doing a little Gronk fitness workout. 
And yeah, if you could throw three I, out, who would the three be that you throw out of all your teammates? Uh, the three I would throw out? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not answering that, Jim. <laughs> well, you need more? You need five, ten? Go ahead. Take them all. <laughs> well, it would be a few of the traits that you wouldn't want that would just – you would be doing all the work, essentially. So we definitely yeah. all had a few teammates where you felt like you were dragging them along. Not fun. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We'll just keep those ones. You Gronk, know, you've made it so much fun there. as we wrap up. I, I just want to touch on one other thing. Uh, we just saw Shoei Otani get $700 million. Wow. And we saw John Rahm get somewhere between four hundred and six hundred million dollars And, you know, I don't know that money ever came into the equation. You know, we just talked a little bit about money. But you guys were trying to pursue excellence. You wanted to win trophies. You love the sport. And now we see these numbers and all power to them. They, they've earned it and somebody's willing to pay them. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are uh, when, you, when you see something like that. Yeah, definitely all power to them. But you only see that type of situation in the sports where there's no salary cap. I mean, that's why the NFL is so great because there's a salary cap and it puts everyone on the same you know, caliber of the chances of winning. Everyone on the same page. It's not like anyone else has has the advantage. I mean, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they can afford him. They can afford other players for $50 million and make a whole roster with players that are all worth $30 million. But I think Otani is well worth it. He's going to bring that whole Japan market over to the United States. They're going to be tuning into baseball. His sales, jersey sales, are going to be through the roof. There's no doubt about it. He can pitch and he can play on the field and basically play any position as well. So he's worth every penny. Uh, a lot of power to him. It's great for the sport. It's great for just him. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch him, man. He's one of the best players in the game. That's for sure. Robbie G, I think one of the important questions, too, along that line is I've seen you shag balls in Florida, you know, hitting at the facility there in Yankees. Do you think you could have played another sport professionally, basketball or baseball? I mean, I wouldn't really say I was I, I wouldn't really say I, I, I could have. I mean, I could have if I really put my time to it. But I, I was so focused on football when I got to high school, like my junior year. So I was lifting so much. I was actually basically like the best freshman baseball player in high school. Wow. And then I batted 440. And then my junior year, I batted 240. And I just <laughs> got worse and worse. And I think it, if I can really think about it now, when in thinking about the past and in high school, why I kept getting worse, it's because – I just cared about getting jacked and getting strong that I was getting bigger and putting more mass on that. I couldn't swing a bat anymore my junior year yeah. because I was trying to put so much mass on it. I didn't understand that, you know? So you got to train the right way. And I didn't train the right way for baseball. I only trained for football, even while I was playing baseball. So, uh, but if I really put my time to it and really focus on it, I think I can reverse everything and become good at, at baseball or or whatever, and, and basketball, I would have to start way back. I mean, I was just bigger than everyone, so I averaged 22 points. I was a center. I didn't. I never made a three-pointer. I never dribbled the ball up the court. It was just all rebounds and, and feeding me down low and just getting the buckets underneath the hoop and having dunks. So uh, football was my sport, and I'm glad I went with football. Tommy, we're going to find out if he can sing because we got the Gronk Bowl this weekend out at SoFi Stadium. Uh, wow. UCLA is going to be playing uh, Boise State, and, and Gronk's going to be singing at halftime, and he's wow. also going to be singing the national anthem. Yes, what? I'll be sing yes, I'll be singing the national anthem. I got the, the Starco Brands LA Bowl hosted by me, and I actually played in this bowl game. It was my last game at the University of Arizona 
uh, when we actually it was actually our first bowl game we went to in 10 years, the Arizona Wildcats. And I went there. My brother was on the team. He had a touchdown up the middle, play action, 35 yards. I didn't have a touchdown that game. <laughs> But it was my last college game. We won the bowl oh. game versus number 17, BYU. And now this bowl game is in L.A., and I'm hosting it now, and I will be singing the national anthem. But I'm singing it with a choir, so I'm not going to be by myself. So that's going to help me out big time. So, Gronk, can you give us a little taste of how you're preparing? A... Let's hear your singing voice. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we <laughs> I, I wasn't even ready for it either. I, it sounded all right there, but last night I was on fire with it because I was truly ready. And uh, the first time I did it, Julian was with me, and he timed me out after, like, the first line and goes, I need 10 more tequila shots before I can listen to you. But I got in a lot better. But, I, but the fans are all going to be drunk, so I'm going to sound good to them. You're going to sound great. You just smile up there. Everyone's going to have the best feeling in the world. I'll oh, be watching just be- for that. I want to start raising the roof and just get everyone screaming while I'm singing. So I just sound good. You hey, will. And Tom, stop sending me highlight films, man. I know you're trying nope. to get me to study film again. I know that's what you're trying to do. You're trying just to get ca- me to study that film. Just in case I- you never know. So just, I'm staying ready and I got to keep my boy ready. At I least know. emotionally. All right. I knew it. I knew that's what you were really trying to do. You're like, I'm going to trick Rock. He's going to think I'm sending him the highlights, thinking we're the best. But really, you're just getting me to study film. You're a smart boy, man. You're smart. That's why you're the quarterback. Exactly. (laughs) Gronk, thanks so much for joining us. You make it so much fun. Continued success. Good luck with the Gronk Bowl. And we'll be watching every Sunday on Fox. All right. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. See you soon. Love you, Robbie G. Tommy, he's so unique. I mean, you know, it's so rare that somebody is so great, has so much joy in doing it, and everybody wants to be around him. And 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 you know, just just you can feel the energy, and and it's just it's just wonderful, really. Yeah, and I think what you see in his personality, it's to you when the waiter comes in his room and is serving him a smoothie, how much fun he's having. So I always said he's never had too many bad days in his life, and it's a blessing to be around him. And he was a great player on the field, but even a better person off the field, which is a great compliment for any of my past teammates. And what happened when he got mad? What happens when he got mad? It was very rare. I, I, I can't think of many times he got mad. Maybe in a game he got pissed off when someone did something to him, like the kid in Buffalo where he dropped an elbow on him which on a helmet, and, and that made him mad. But there was very few things that made him mad. You know, he never really lost confidence, never lost his love of the game. He was always fun to be around. He's, he's just done incredible. And I think what you see now, too, even his personality comes out even more and more the more he's been away from the game. He's just a he's just a fun guy to be around. Well, did you have a lot of teammates like that? Not like him. He was he was one of a kind in every way. Tommy, as always, appreciate your time. Larry Fitzgerald's coming up, and we will talk to you next Monday right here on Let's Go. Let's go. That's Tom Brady. Let's go is brought to you by Chevron, a future powered by even more renewable fuels. We're just kicking off. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels. For more, you can log on to our full-length interview with Rob Gronkowski on the SiriusXM app, included with all SiriusXM trials and popular plans, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to extend our thanks to our terrific producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, and thank you to our sponsors, Delta Airlines, American Express, K Jewelers, Casamigos Tequila, Chevron, Del Frisco's, TB12 Sports, and Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino. 
Let's Go with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions and Shadow Lion. You can listen to the full version of Let's Go every week on the SiriusXM app, included with all SiriusXM trials and popular plans. Just search Let's Go, as well as to wherever you get your podcasts. And now for Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald, our special thanks to Rob Gronkowski. I'm Jim Gray. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will talk to you again next week right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.